I'm not the house of cards that falls down easily Ooh, I'm strong enough to handle what you throw at me Welcome to Mental Health News Radio. I'm your host, Kristen Sunanta-Walker. Just what are we going to discuss? The intimacy that is mental health. Let's continue to make it as comfortable as discussing brain health or heart health. This show has been on the air for several years and we have amazing co-hosts. And then we created a network of podcasters on mentalhealthnewsradionetwork.com, a place where every possible facet of mental well-being can be talked about openly. My show, after several hundred interviews, the format is this. Intimate, deep, funny, touching, sometimes uncomfortable, but always vulnerable conversations with interesting people. The goal is to have you, our listening family, many of you who have become my good friends, feel as though you are listening in on private conversations. Thank you for tuning in and becoming part of this amazing journey with me and now with our network of podcasters. Just knowing this podcast might be helping any of you realize you are not alone on this journey called being a human being makes doing this podcast worth every second. Hi everyone, Kristen Tananta Walker here and I'm back with one of our guests that always has a huge number of listens and is an incredible psychotherapist. She's also an author, a blogger, and a speaker. We've talked many times about um, the change triangle, which actually has helped me in my own therapy. Um, Hillary Jacobs-Hendel, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thanks, Kristen. I'm so happy to be back. (laughs) <laughs> now, we talked about your book um, the last time you were here, but what's fascinating is it's actually won some awards, one of them being the 2018 uh, winner for Best Book Award for your book, It's Not Always Depression, sponsored by American Book Fest. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I am very honored and very thrilled because it'll, again, help get the word out more that I'm trying to share that I've become so passionate about, about how we need to understand emotions. Because uh, there's yes. so many misconceptions about them. Mm-hmm. There are, and I, I find it um, it's so obvious to me, and I think to many people in the field, but it's not obvious outside the bubble of mental health in general society. And that I, I come up against that every so often, and I have to remind myself, right, you're in a little bubble where people care about it, but that's a very small bubble. <laughs> Absolutely. And I would say the bubble is really in a small group of psychotherapists and people who practice mm-hmm. and have had the opportunity to have this kind of specialized education. But in my world still in, in New York City, uh, people understand theoretically that emotions are important, but they don't know things, for example, that emotions are physical sensations and that you have to work with them in the body and not just kind of create interpretations and understanding that helps. But there's a whole world of emotion science um, that changes the way that we can all as individuals, lay people uh, work with our own emotions to feel better and that therapists can help people with their emotions to heal and recover from psychological distress. Right, exactly. Let's talk about some of the myths out there about emotions. Yes, I, I think that's important. Uh, and we, maybe you could tell me some of the ones that you've heard, but the main ones that I hear in my practice and that I've experienced myself growing up before I uh, learned all this was the idea that emotions are for weak people, that we're really not supposed to have emotions, that the, the less 
you experience emotional overwhelm, the better the kind of the more it says about your strength. Have you did you, you know growing up is that something that you got that impression from oh, of in course. your family? Of course, and a lot around women and them being hysterical uh, just because we're emotional. There was a ton of that going on in my family. Yes, yes. And in fact, right, the, 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 it kind of gets emphasized on women, but, um, but men uh, with, you know, the justification of, of being angry, uh, being sexual, um, those are all emotions. And I, I certainly have done uh, some work with people that of some men specifically where uh, they did some really uncomfortable things, but they feel entitled to do so because they're men. And when I confronted them about it, I actually confronted one of them on a show um, about it. And his response was, well, it's not any different than how I've always treated my wife. And mm-hmm. of course, everyone listening in my audience was aghast and said, well, mm-hmm. that's part of the problem, honey. So where do you go with, you know, when you're dealing with that? Um, maybe they do know or they have been told that they're acting like a cretin or uh, whatever it may be, but they just feel entitled to do so. And so they are not going to look at what that behavior does to the people around them. Yeah, I, I mean, what I do, it, it, it always begins with explaining what emotions are, what mm-hmm. their purpose is, and really driving home the idea that, um, you know, on the on the internal side, an understanding emotions has to do with understanding that they are survival mechanisms and programs that are not under conscious conscious control. Mm-hmm. that get activated in the midbrain that aren't thoughtful processes and that we can you know by understanding that that is the the vehicle or the beginning of being able to use emotions constructively in relationships and in the world as opposed to destructively as you just gave in your example of somebody who abuses their wife mm-hmm. or other okay. people Right. And or other people. Yes. Let's talk about then the definition of emotion so we can just start from, you know, a, a basic understanding of, of what are they? What exactly are they? Yes. And and not only what are they, but why is it that, again, this other myth that you can just get over it mm-hmm. uh, is, 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 a, is a myth. So, again, emotions, which were uh, have been written about. Uh, scientifically, as early as Darwin, Charles Darwin at the turn of the century, are, again, these survival programs that are part of the, the mammalian brain that, that they adapted because when we had these automatic reactions that basically tell us what's dangerous and what we should get away from and what is good for us and what we should move towards, that humans were able to evolve and survive longer you know, in terms of this, the whole trajectory of evolution of humanity. So they have they evolved to help us adapt to the world and to thrive and, and progress. But because they are, because of how they work and where they're located in the brain, they happen automatically and nobody, we can't prevent them from happening. We can only modify them and work with them once they do happen. 
So an emotion, you could think of it as a, a hardwired, a core emotion, which are the survival emotions, are these hardwired programs. And they have certain characteristics about them, um, three or four main characteristics. One is that they are physical experiences because they're designed to bring about an action. And that action is meant to be adaptive for us as an individual um, in, in terms of like a selfish way, like what's good for me? How can I survive? Mm. And they Absolutely. create impulses. Yes. Mm -hmm. And create impulses. So those are sort of the main characteristics that, um, that, that really are a paradigm shift from instead of trying to think your way through an emotion, which is impossible, we have to work with them as physical sensations and recognize and uh, name, I'm having anger right now, for example, or I'm having sadness. Uh, and I know I'm feeling this because it's creating a sensation in my body, for example, with um, anger. Uh, I feel energy, you know, with an impulse to, you know, want to punch or say something mean. And to be able to work with that so that the very last step, as we say in AEDP therapy, is then to think through. Then we bring on our thinking brain of how to work with this emotion and even whether to translate it into some sort of action or, or words. So does that make sense? And it I does. Can give it, an example. it totally makes sense. Yeah, go ahead and give okay. an example. Well, the holidays are coming up, right? And everybody gets cracked around the holidays because mm -hmm. families bring up uh, a, a cocktail of emotions depending <laughs> on uh, how our, our lives have been with our families and um, how difficult or easy it's been and what's gone on, you know, whether families are separated in modern life where you have to choose between which parent to go to or which kid is going to come. So, or let's say you have a parent who's who's basically critical. And even as adults, right, um, I help a lot of people prepare for going home for the holidays. Right. Um, I just, my latest blog post was uh, for, for November and December, December will be about the holidays. So um, let's say, you know, when you, when you go home, you end up feeling small, right? That you wait for sort of an onslaught of, um, of criticisms and not that parents even mean to do damage. They, they also don't understand their emotions. And so right. they have a thought and they just say it. Right. So we can, you can predict that if you're feeling small, that you're probably having some shame or some contraction to defend against feeling angry because you don't want to, you know, lash out or this is something that, that you, the kind of the brain did to accommodate to the particular family life. So what I meant is so you can go home and have a giant fight where everybody is, quote, acting out their anger, <laughs> or you could go home and do some internal work to help you with, uh, to help you to process and make use of the anger in a way that um, gets you through the day without having any regrets for how you behaved and, you know, helping you stay big within yourself and, and as confident and adult as you can. So there's many, many, many different ways to work with emotions from the way that we see in our culture and society and the world at large that are destructive, right? That's what wars are about pretty yep. much now is just acting out uh, rage um, or this kind of mindfulness, as I call the change triangle, mindfulness with a map 
of how do I work with each of these different emotions that are natural that we all have in a way that my life goes in, in a positive direction and my relationships do and my work life does. And there's a lot we can learn and do. Absolutely. So many things. First of all, mindfulness map is like another series name in my world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many things to yeah, no. nuggets to grab on and share with the people that are helpful. So helpful. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting is that you also you don't have to go home for the holidays like you could yeah. take a year off from doing any of that if you and without guilt and without having guilt assigned to you that you accept now the guilt listen i'm not going anywhere for the holidays this year this is the first year i'm 48 years old that i'm going to be spending the holidays completely by myself and i have zero guilt about that i think it's fantastic now is there guilt being put on me for that absolutely but i don't assign it to myself it doesn't affect my emotional state because i've yeah. done so much work around i was going to say you've done your work because right? that's I've not an easy work. thing to do yes exactly, exactly. Um, but it is possible and um it's i think that's wonderful right that there's many different ways to to deal with the holidays and um i i definitely advocate that, especially in homes that are actively toxic, you know, where there's alcohol, active alcoholism and drug addiction and active uh, abusive behavior. And it's just, you know, we have to all take care of our own mental health. And sometimes that makes, that means setting hard limits and boundaries that feel bad. And I, I think it's important to just, for people to know, it's okay to feel sad that instead of feeling guilty, to just lean into kind of mourning for the self mm. and then to take care of oneself and say, you know, it makes sense that I'm sad. I, I'm disappointed by my family. I, I, I have to take care of myself and therefore I am denied the, 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 the family that I wanted and deserved, which is a loving family. Right. And, um, and that it's okay to take care of myself. In fact, Absolutely. there's no point in me going down with the, the ship. I have to work. I have to live. And so I, we have to take care of ourselves. I know, I know, no one likes commercials, but seriously, folks, without the help from these organizations, we could not stay on the air. Please give a shout out to zencharts.com. If you're a mental health or addiction treatment center, you'll want to use their EHR. It's gorgeous, and they're just good people. And also mygenetics, M-Y-G-E-N-E-T-X.com, because knowing your genetic code empowers your mental health treatment. And lastly, copenotes.com. We love getting positive messages right to our phones every day from Johnny Crowder. He's the lead singer of Prison, a heavy metal band sharing their music about suicide prevention, addiction recovery, and mental health. See, that was painless. Support them as they support us. Back to the show. Yeah, there's no, you can get to a place where you are not um, being, you know, you're not in your lizard brain. You're you're not being run amok and you're just this open uh, wound that's on fire. And so anybody that does anything, you don't have the uh, emotional wherewithal to stop it, think about it and process it and then behave differently because you're just Mm -hmm. this raw nerve walking around. Um, You can like take a break and 
do your work and feel really empowered and be around the situations and they go in different places. I've talked to people though, you know, I used to, I got to a point where I started playing games. Well, I know uncle Joe's gonna, I'm making up a name, but I know uncle Joe's gonna try to pinch my rear end completely inappropriate. Nobody tells Mm -hmm. them no, it's, Mm -hmm. it's awful. I'm usually the one that would end up screaming at him. And then I would be told that I'm horrible while he's pinching all the little girls and women's rear ends. And instead you know, I got to a point where I was like, I'm not carrying that bag of baloney and uh, Uncle Joe, that's not appropriate. Don't do it. Stay away from him and then count how many times he does it to everybody. And the minute that he got to like number 10, I would laugh and say, that was my cue to leave, knowing yep. that that's going to happen. There's nothing I can do about it. I can stay out of the line of fire. And when he gets to 10, I'm out. That's me yeah. having power. with my emotions at a situation but it's very difficult you can't go from raw nerve to power in one swoop it takes a lot of work (laughs) a lot of work exactly uh i just was i shared um i like to share a lot about myself in in my 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 writing blog and the book i just um published uh, a story about thanksgiving for me when um my sister got married when I was in my 30s, she all of a sudden you know, promised her new husband that she would spend Thanksgiving uh, in, in Memphis, Tennessee with his family from then on. And it was the most important holiday for me. And I had spent every Thanksgiving because it was really the only family holiday we had where I had an intact and I have a small family. And there, here in this situation, I just mentioned it, nobody was doing anything wrong. In fact, my sister was just trying to be a good wife. And yet... Um, I was really hurt and and wanted her to feel bad, right? Because I wanted her to feel guilty that she was ruining Thanksgiving for me, this holiday that meant so much to me. And I tried so hard to behave well because I didn't want to act out because I love her. And I knew intellectually she had no choice. And still, you know, every year the, the name of this article I named um, Thanksgiving Groundhog Day because mm-hmm. I felt that same bad mood um, that yucky, you know, kind of angry, guilty, sad for myself mood every year come right. over me. And finally, I just got sick of it one year. And I now I was armed with emotion education. I had now done my training as a therapist, which I, um, you may remember, I did later in life. And uh, I, I was able to process that feeling so that it wasn't like a repeat of every year. And um, then, like you said, got creative with my Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I still missed my sister, but it didn't ruin Thanksgiving anymore. And I started, I joined up with my friend's family to do Thanksgiving and even this year, their way. So just my mother and my husband and I are going to go to a restaurant. And it's tiny. And that would have devastated me years right. ago. And I know. It doesn't. And it's all because of understanding emotions and trauma yes. and everything that we can't talk our way through. We have to experience right. uh, young parts of us and we have to experience feelings in our body. And it's doable. It's practice. It is. It's so much practice. And it, people don't realize Sometimes how much practice it, it takes um, mm-hmm. to do it. And Lifelong and it, practice. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think but living it's exciting, in, right? Because you grow. It is. It's like an it onion. It gets yes. peeled in layers, and yes, and you peels, expand. And yes. your whatever work you do in this area is going to bleed into every other area of your life because that's what being a human being is. That's how we tick. That's our makeup. So, 
it's not like it's isolated work that's only going to hopefully be a resolution to feeling better and uh, in this one area of your life. It's going to have a trickle up and down effect in every other place. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so getting back to to myths uh, and facts Mm -hmm. about emotions, you know, maybe just to let whoever's listening know that it's okay to feel bad, right? right? A lot of people are feeling bad around the holidays. It doesn't say anything about you because holidays bring up emotions and emotions just are. We can't help them. We can only help how we cope with them. And uh, it's okay. And really, we should strive to be compassionate and gentle with ourselves, even if we're feeling angry, because that's painful too. Yes, yes. And to have the wherewithal to um, to look at that, I think the myth, I mean, you said it in the very beginning, mm-hmm. the permission to feel them, to not mm-hmm. say, oh, to, it's impossible and it's such a fallacy to tell people, just stop thinking about it, just let it go. It's, I can't even think of the more uh, disserviceable thing out there. And uh, hopefully I didn't just make up a word disserviceable. Please don't Google it. Yeah, I like it, it though. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I'm sure that it's doing a disservice. And it isn't real. It's not real. We can't just let it go. You have yeah. to process this stuff. Otherwise, you stuff it down and then you have things like alcohol is, you know, after drinking too much alcohol to stuff it, too much food, uh, you know, all these other ways that it may show up in your life because you're stuffing down something that is impossible to stuff. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the biggest myth for me, what I'm getting out of this too, is um, that myth around that your emotions are easily just don't pay attention to them. That's the big myth right there before we we even get into different flavors of what types of emotions, just that you can actually, that you could easily discard them is the biggest myth. Exactly. Like, right. Which is indicated, you hear it all the time in, 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 in when people say things like suck it up or just get over it, or you're too sensitive. Uh, you know, no, I'm not too sensitive. Maybe you're not sensitive enough. You know, that, that happens What what you're too sensitive. When someone says that to you, it's really saying if the person goes back to an I statement, which I try to teach my patients to do is I don't have the capacity to, help you, be with you, tend to you, even bear the emotions that you're having right now. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make the other person bad, and it doesn't even make me bad. It just right. is, and we have to find other solutions. But the idea, right, that you're not bad if you're feeling something, you're not bad just because your parents have made you, you know, a lot of people feel bad because if they're angry at their parents and they feel bad about themselves that they don't have good relationships. No, it's, it's not your fault. Right. And I, I love, it made me think of another term that I'm probably making up or someone else coined it already, but we should do a whole talk on emotional offloading mm-hmm. because good people do it and people who behave in very toxic ways do it. And it it's, yeah. comes, we are taught to do it. Um, Yes, I think you're talking about what I would call acting out, acting out emotions. Well, acting out emotions, but also like not taking responsibility for your emotions. I see this with a lot of people that blame shift and that um, bait and switch conversations. And you're like, well, that's not what we were talking about before. But then when you say I'm uncomfortable with it, they turn around and go, what's wrong with you that you're uncomfortable? That whole like toxic dynamic of manipulation. 
Right. Those, exactly. those are people that love to offload their emotions. They're not feeling the responsibility for how they are inflicting uncomfortable behavior on other people. They're blaming you for everything inappropriate and abusive they're doing. And I, I call that emotional offloading. Yes, yes, right, exactly. And it's so common. And again, like yes. all these things, I, I really believe why I'm such a, like a, so passionate um, about that every person should have emotion education starting in elementary mm-hmm. school uh, and up through is that, you know, once you really have a clear understanding of emotions, it becomes very hard to continue to behave in, in, in destructive ways because it's like you understand. It's like when you find out that a particular food is has pesticides or is bad for you, it's very hard to eat that food anymore because you yes. don't want to hurt yourself. So just the basic education um, in emotions and, you know, having tools like the change triangle really make a difference for people. Absolutely. And in relationship. Yeah. Right, your relationships with yourself to yourself and your relationships yes. with others. Exactly, well, and they go hand in hand. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Well, we're gonna we're gonna have more talks, listeners. We're we're doing a quick uh, reintroduction of of Hillary to um, since her show was a while ago, and her work has had a profound impact on my life and my journey. So outside of thinking that I'm nuts most of the time, if any of you think I know what I'm doing sometimes, a lot of it is because of her work. So <laughs> so lovely. I'm so delighted to hear that. Uh, can I mention that I have free resources yes, on my website, please. Growing Tell All your, the Time. Your website, all that, yeah. please. Um, you can you can Google the Change Triangle. You can go to thechangetriangle.com or hillaryjacobshendel.com, and um, there's a, a blog that... Uh, has many different themes, but it's all around trying to impart emotion education. And uh, there's a, a toolbox section of the website, which I keep adding to that has videos and, you know, how to ground and breathe and begin to work with emotions and understanding what they are. And uh, and then, of course, the sort of the whole enchilada is in, in the book, which uh, you can ask to get at your library. I really wrote to be a labor of love, not uh, really not... Uh, um, you know, although I have to, Random House has to sell it, but I really, it's a basic emotion education. I don't think there's any other book that kind of concisely no. explains emotions without any jargon. It's not like a textbook, and there's a bunch of stories that show how you work from states of distress through emotions, which are really the doorway to feeling calm for Absolutely. scientific reasons, but uh, not to get jargony, just to leave it at that. And but the Fantastic. book will explain why. Yeah. yeah. And I, and listeners, you know me, I butcher everybody's name, even if I've known them forever. So I said Hendel <laughs> and it's of course it's Hendel. And a year ago I would have been flattened and mortified at my behavior. And now because of all the work, some of your work, Hillary is like, whatever. I, this is a faux pas of mine. It's part of my quirk and I don't need to be upset about that. So I can just, that's right. Cause there's so many time. wonderful things about it. you don't have to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We're right. all deeply flawed and we can all love and connect each other. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, um, and we will have you back on again. Good. Let's keep talking. Absolutely. But never without good intentions I heat up and act on my emotions Thanks so much for listening to Mental Health News Radio. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and hundreds of other podcast apps. 
or you can visit our website at mentalhealthnewsradio.com. If you have a question or would like to be a guest, become a podcaster on our network, or join the amazing organizations that help keep us on the air, please email us at info at mhnrnetwork.com. Get ready for that special goodbye from our resident therapy dog, Miles, and a special thanks to Emily Sohn for letting us use her incredible song, Cordial, for our podcast music. Listen to the full song on SoundCloud at emily.sonne. Don't be surprised when I don't hate on you. After all we promised, we'd be cordial. Sometimes in you, I can fight it. Good boy.